Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I've got Brian on the phone with me, and today we'll be discussing the 2017 horror film Mayhem, directed by Joe Lynch and starring Stephen Yun, Samara Weaving, Stephen Brand, and Carolyn Chakezi. In this film, a highly contagious virus puts a disgruntled employee on a killing spree to get payback on his co-workers. As usual, Brian and I are going to discuss some of the background of the film before taking a quick break, and then we'll go through the plot, some of the spoilers, and hit on our review. Brian, is this a film you'd heard of before? I had heard of it, yeah. I, I think it's like on Shudder's advertisement when they want you to buy Shudder. Oh, no kidding, really? This yeah, is... I think it's Stephen Young covered in blood. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think I dropped Shudder for a while and then I, I, I re-signed up and they, yeah, they're pushing this one pretty hard, I guess. Yeah, yeah. so I always knew it was out there, but never clicked on it for whatever reason. Um, were you, like, was it on your radar, I guess, like four or five years ago when it came out? Um, not, I guess like when I got Shudder, it was on my radar. So I don't know, maybe like two years ago. Okay. Yeah. And this one, it didn't have like a theater release, I think, right? It was just on demand. It said it did on Wikipedia, but, um, I didn't see any info on that. Yeah. And yeah. they called it a Shudder exclusive on Shudder. So I, it's hard for me to believe it had much of a release. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. I hadn't heard of it, in like, uh, especially with Stephen Yun and uh, Samara Weaving. Like, those are two pretty big names now in horror, just over the past few years. Yeah, for sure, man. She's been in... Have you ever seen Guns Akimbo? No. What's that? I kind of want to see that, too. It's her and, um... Oh, Harry Potter. I always forget his name. Oh, Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe? Something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. An- another horror film? No, it's not. It's just kind of like action. I imagine it's kind of like an ultra-violent type thing again. Yeah, cool. But yeah, Ready or Not, The Babysitter, Ash vs. Evil Dead, which I've never seen an episode of. Oh, man, that, that's kind of a cool show. I've seen a few episodes. It's fun. I really need to check it out. Yeah, yeah, I think you'd like it, given your uh, fondness for The Evil Dead. Um, yeah. Samara Weaving, uh, I mean, do, do you feel like she's like a, becoming like a final girl? Or like, is she really like kind of becoming a, a, a strong actress in the horror genre? Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, between Ash vs. Evil Dead, The Babysitter, and Ready or Not, and this, then, yeah, she's... It's tempting to call her, like, a budding scream queen, but her roles aren't really like that. I mean, she's not even really in the final girl role that often. Yeah, her, right. The movies are just a little bit different. They are, yeah. I feel like she's more of that, like, kind of badass that comes in, in, like, in Ready or Not, or in this one, like, you see her on posters, like, with this, like, shotgun or with a nail gun, and right. she's kind of there to, like, mess things up. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the way she is in Guns Akimbo as well, but I'm, I, again, I haven't seen it. That's cool. Yeah, she's kind of pictured as like this badass uh, yeah. heroine. It's neat. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, yeah, I'm excited to talk more about her. I, I think she's from like New Zealand or something, right? Or no, Australia, right? Australia, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, genre-wise, I kind of struggled with this one and uh, I wanted to see what your thoughts were. Do you think this is a horror film, a slasher film, or is it just kind of straight-up action? You know, it's got that horror tag on IMDb. <laughs> and it's on Shudder, um, right? And it's on Shudder. But, I mean, Shudder, I don't think, claims to be exclusively horror. It's kind of like thrillers, horror, genre, filmmaking in general. Sure. I struggle to call this a horror movie. I don't know. It's It's got extreme violence. Yeah. And a virus... Um, right. 
I think the virus being close enough to the rage virus from 28 Days Later and the ultraviolence may alone be enough to, to call it horror, but it's really not typically what you would think of as horror. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, watching it, I, I kind of felt that way, but I think you're right. The virus is probably the thing that ties it back mostly to, to horror. And, like, there's right. this, like, contagious thing going around that kind of Yeah, thing. yeah, I mean, it's got enough resemblance of a... It's structured like a zombie, like a zomcom, really. Yeah. There's not that much difference between this and Zombieland or something of that ilk. Yeah, that's true. And infected people are pretty much, yeah, similar to zombies. Yeah, and, like, with a movie like Zombieland, the emphasis is more on the action than the horror, and that's kind of the way this is played, too. Sure, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, speaking of genre, I think, uh, you know, it was last week that you and I got a chance to also take a break from horror and watch, uh, Face Off with our friends at Lights, Camera, No. So if you haven't checked out that episode, I'd, I'd recommend checking that out. But it was kind of nice to kind of continue the, uh, trend of maybe movies less horror, uh, with this film. Yeah, that was the first time you and I have ever reviewed in any capacity a movie that wasn't a horror movie. So that I know. was fun. <laughs> I know. And this one feels like maybe we're getting one degree back into horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, slow reentry. Exactly. So, so this one, uh, like with the high body count, you, you don't think it counts as like a slash or anything, right? No, I mean, ooh, back before we keep going, um, for that face-off guest appearance, we recorded live on Twitch as well, so if you want to see our faces, you can go to twitch.tv slash lights camera now. Our, oh, we keep yeah. our faces on the whole time. <laughs> but we did face off before, so we just... Yeah, we, uh, we wait till the cameras are off to take those faces off. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't think of it as a slasher. I mean, there aren't... There's only two characters we really care about, um, mm-hmm. maybe three. So it's not structured like that where everyone's getting taken down one by one um, and there's not one enemy. It's structured more like a zombie movie to me. Yeah. Um, so even like uh, compared to like Ready or Not or Your Next where you kind of have one person battling a bunch of people, um, you, you would think this is different than those. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's a, that's a crowd of people again. Without without one slasher killer, but mm-hmm. hmm, your next definitely goes one by one and kills people. So does Ready or Not. It's just the roles are reversed a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. I think those are closer to slasher than this for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I'm not sure exactly why, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think most slashers need a a specific individual enemy and even calling like you're next and ready or not gets a little dicey to call them slashers but i think the enemy is united enough and the uh kill counts and the way people drop off it's all structured similar to a slasher so you could kind of get away with those ones but i don't think so for this and you don't think there's like one uh enemy that people were going after in this one I mean, there was like the big bad, but everybody was kind of, they were surrounded by different degrees of enemies. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, Those ones too, I feel like had almost like a survival quality about it where this one doesn't feel like you have like two characters who are just trying to survive. There's actually like a motive. Right. They're almost like hunting someone down, right? Yeah. 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 I guess that also makes it different. Um, yeah, so the, the director here, Joe Lynch, uh, I, I don't think I've seen any of his films. It sounds like he's done like a lot of other horror comedies like Wrong Turn 2, Chillerama, Knights of Badass Dumb. Have, have you seen any of these? I haven't. No, I haven't seen anything else by him. 
Yeah, I, I feel like I can. You can kind of get the vibe of his just from the titles of his films. Yeah, you know his right. name sounded familiar, and I realized he has a horror movie podcast called The Movie Crypt that I've listened to a few times. Oh, he's got his own podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they like interviewed. They're both directors, and uh, him and this guy named Adam Green who directed Hatchet and Frozen. Um, they're both directors, and they so they have a lot of other directors and filmmakers and people in. Oh, that's really cool. Hollywood, I want to call it. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, like independent actors and stuff like that. They'll have them on for interviews. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'll check that podcast out. Sounds good. Um, and then obviously like Steven Yun, he, he's a big guy, big deal from uh, Walking Dead. Uh, sorry to bother you. Do, you. do you feel like he's getting tied to the horror film uh, or horror genre? Or do you think like, because uh, he's got done like Oakshan, like Burning and like some other films too. Yeah, I mean, this and The Walking Dead are really the two standout horrors. I think he's branching out quite a bit to not be pigeonholed, but I mean, yeah, I think a good chunk of society will always think of him as the guy from The Walking Dead. Yeah, I know. Glenn or whatever. Yeah. It's, Dallas uh, Roberts, who played the Reapers from The Walking Dead as well. Oh, cool. Who is he in The Walking Dead? I don't know, man. I haven't watched that show in so long that I don't <laughs> remember. He looked familiar to me. Yeah, I'm amazed that show is like still going on. That uh, blows my mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love the fact that, uh, like, I don't think we've seen a lot of horror films or action films or whatever this is, uh, with like an Asian American actor, like in, in the lead. So that, that's really cool to see. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and, uh, Steven Yun, I watched a little bit of the commentary that was available on Shutter, which was pretty cool. He like said he was pretty, uh, happy to take this role cause he thought it added a little bit of an element to the themes, um, like he's supposed to just be like a an average Joe or Jane working in the the white collar grind, but uh, he mentioned something called the bamboo ceiling, which I've never ever never heard oh. of. Have you heard of that? I haven't. This is really interesting. It's kind of just this uh, trend that Asian Americans can't quite make it to the executive level positions for no actual apparent reason that appears on paper. Sure, sure, right, um, right. Yeah, kind of like a. Uh, a spinoff from the of the the glass the ceiling, glass ceiling yeah yeah apparently Damn. it's a there's a book about it i can't i didn't write down the title but if you google bamboo ceiling book you'll, yeah. you'll find the book that was written about it that's where the term comes from that's awesome that's like pretty uh, layered and i think a lot of people could relate with that yeah yeah i mean there's there's a lot of data to back that up too that right asian americans who are super qualified are not not getting those positions yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like in general, like the C-suite and uh, the uh, yeah top of board members and all that stuff, uh, that that is kind of a tougher place as a minority to get into. So, uh, that, yeah, I definitely kind of resonated with that part of this film and them like kind of uh, having this guy as, as the, the lead guy kind of channeled right. some of that. Yeah, like there's the two layers, right? Like not only is it hard for Asian Americans to get that role within a corporation, but it's hard for them to get these roles within these movies. Yeah, exactly. You don't see an Asian American lead that often. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I hope, hope this is the first of uh, many more. Yeah. There you go. But uh, yeah, wait, I, I thought it was a great, great casting decision because, yeah, he's got that familiarity from Walking Dead and then, uh, yeah, it's, uh, pairing him up with uh, Samara, pretty, pretty smart move. And he's kind of like, he's got the, uh, it's kind of like an action hero role. He's kind of an unassuming guy, but you you know he's got the chops to play that kind of a role from The Walking yeah. Dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He can be pretty badass when he needs to be. Yeah. Movie's gotten like pretty good reviews. I think it's got like an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Pretty solid. Uh, budget was 2.5. I couldn't tell uh, what it brought in. you have any idea? 
No, because of the there was hazy information about any sort of box office release. So I don't think there was much of one, which is why there isn't a number readily available for that. That makes sense. Yeah. Though I forgot to check box office mojo. Hmm. Okay. But I don't but, think there was really much of a release. Yeah. M- must must be more like video on demand. Uh, like rights from uh, Shutter and stuff. Yeah. Filmed in Serbia, I guess, in, in 25 days, and I think this guy had already shot a few films in Serbia, so it made sense uh, to go back Yeah, there. I think he had shot a movie called Everly there, starring Selma Hayek. Cool. Wow. Damn. Uh, well, yeah, any, any other uh, interesting facts about the film or anything? You know, did uh, anything about this movie remind you of VFW? N- well, uh, I mean, the, that crowd thing where you're being attacked by a crowd... Uh, but that's that's about it. That's that about something it. else. Yeah, it like had that vibe to me, and I didn't. I mean, just because of you know extreme ultra violence and stuff. And I realized it was edited by this dude named Josh Ethier, who did VFW, and the oh. music was by Steve Moore, who composed the music for VFW as well. Wow! And you picked up on that while you're watching it. Yeah, I think it's the editing and the music that it, it gives it that same vibe. Okay, but that's you know, cool. Josh, not to. Uh, I don't want to pigeonhole Josh Ethier. He did editing for Gretel and Hansel and Leatherface, and We Are Still Here. So he's wow. he's versatile. But I think the combination of him and the music yeah. by Steve Moore kind of drove that home. Wow, good eye. That's awesome and good ear. Yeah. Uh, cool. Any, anything else? Or you got an Ohio connection for us? I do have an Ohio connection. Our Ohio connection, as always, is from our friend Alex, who owns the Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio. So go visit their socially distant patio when they open up for the spring, or you can get them on Grubhub or Uber Eats. And Alex says, Mayhem stars Steven Yun, who many will recognize from his role as Glenn on The Walking Dead. This was a breakout role for Yun, who was mostly unknown before his The Walking Dead casting in 2010. Over the past 11 years, he has built up a strong acting resume, appearing or offering voice work to popular TV shows Robot Chicken, Drunk History, and Jordan Peele's 2019 Twilight Zone reboot. Additionally, he landed prominent film roles in Boong... Oh gosh, I never know how to pronounce this dude's name. Bong Joon-ho's Okja, Boots Riley's Sorry to Bother You, and a voice role in the 2017 film The Star, a Christian animated comedy about the nativity of Jesus. Other voices in the film include Kelly Clarkson, Tracy Morgan, Oprah Winfrey, and Patricia Heaton, known best for her role of Ray's wife, Deborah, on the popular series Everybody Loves Raymond, and Heaton was born and raised in Bay Village, Ohio. Nice. <laughs> I, I said a big that crush one on took her. him like two hours to get. Yeah, I know. I thought the connection was going to be uh, when you said Jesus, there was going to be some connection to Ohio. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you, you ever watch that show? I did not like that show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I like it anymore. It's kind of hard to watch now, but uh, I don't know. Back in the day, I thought it had some good jokes. Yeah. Everybody does not love Raymond. No. <laughs> Brian does not love Raymond. <laughs> uh, the one guy. Yeah, this one guy. <laughs> um, also, also, Stephen Yun, he's uh, he's from Michigan. He's like a Midwesterner, which I think is really cool. Oh, really? Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I have a friend, uh, and he he went to Second City in in Chicago to uh, learn comedy and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I feel like he's he's very, like really close to home. Awesome, cool. Well, then, uh, yeah, are you ready to jump into the plot, uh, hit some spoilers, and then get into our review? Yeah, let's proceed. All right. Hey, do you mind if we take a quick break? I want to grab a glass of water really quick. Sure. All right. Call cool. right back. <laughs>
Hey, Brian. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm back. Oh, hey. Welcome back, man. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I, you know, I was gargling some mace before uh, we started, and I just needed to, to wash it all down before uh, we started this. Uh, <laughs> that, that was quite a move. Yeah. Is Can you actually do that? Like, just uh, put mace in your mouth and then spit it into someone's eye? I feel like that would have been... I mean, he did react pretty extremely to having that happen, but yeah. that would be so unpleasant. Yeah, that'd be terrible. I would think it'd be worse than getting in your eyes if you got in your mouth. Right? Yeah. The, I've never... Weird. Have you ever been maced? Um, no, I haven't, surprisingly. No, have you? Me neither. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, well, there's only one way to f- find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's try that next time we hang out. Uh, all right, cool. Should we jump into the plot? Yeah. All right. So the movie starts with this voiceover by our main character, who's Derek Cho, played by Steven Yeun. And he's walking us through this black and white uh, footage of um, uh, this office that's been infected by this virus called the ID7. And this is a really contagious virus that's been taking over the country. And what it does is it makes people act out on their impulses and it gets rid of any inhibitions. So we see this office place, people kind of going at each other, tearing each other apart, this one couple having sex, uh, and then this one guy who's like killing his coworkers. And through the voiceover, we learn that uh, this guy who killed his coworkers got cleared of any charges because the court ruled that he was under the um, uh, impacts or, or the, uh, the symptoms or the effects of the uh, virus, and so he was cleared. Um, and so that is kind of like the background for this film. Uh, what did you think of all of this? Um, fine so far. I didn't think it was uh, too mind-blowing that this dude had gotten cleared. Like, I guess that makes sense. It's yeah. kind of like pleading insanity. Sure, yeah. It, it, it kind of confused me that only one person killed someone. Like, you know, you're talking about this worldwide virus that, like, turned everyone into, like, crazy people. And they're focused on, like, the case of this one dude who murders someone. Yeah, I mean, sometimes there's just a specific landmark case that sets a precedent for precedent for every other case yeah, that comes sure. after it. Sure, but, yeah, maybe that's the way they were going then. Yeah, so at first I was just kind of like, well, why do I really care? But I mean, they, I guess it really sets up the uh, the rest of the plot. Sure, and did the virus uh, feel anything similar to what's going on today to you? Uh, with people being angry? <laughs> 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 no, just the idea of like a global pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there weren't really any overlaps with that theme to me, at least oh, in okay. my mind. How about you? Uh, I had the idea of like a global pandemic. I didn't expect there to be like a virus in this film, so that, that kind of uh, hit me by surprise, and I thought it was like a big coincidence. And then I know at the end they kind of talk about antibodies and stuff, so it kind of felt like what we're going through, but obviously different symptoms. Yeah, yeah. At first, I when I learned about the virus, I was like, oh, this could be pertinent, and then it kind of goes a different direction. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, so the next scene, we see our main character, Derek Cho. Uh, he's this guy uh, who has joined this legal firm, and we get a cool kind of montage of him uh, climbing the ranks. Uh, it's a picture of him walking in an elevator, and you get the sense that he's climbing up uh, the ladder because his outfit keeps changing, and he goes from like this guy coming in to like this kind of high-powered executive uh, talking about like you know how he's got a corner office now, and he's like super busy and consumed with work. So one of his first interactions that we see is with uh, Samara. Uh, is that how you said it? Samara? Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of his first interactions. What? 
I'm just laughing. Oh. <laughs> Asterisk because I told you the wrong way to pronounce it before our Ready or Not episode. So if you oh, listen yeah. to that, we're saying it differently <laughs> and it's all my fault. Yeah. Well, we got it right on one of these episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Playing our odds here. Uh, so yeah, one of his first interactions is with her character, who's Melanie. Uh, she comes in asking him that uh, to, to uh, have his firm extend the mortgage on uh, on her loan. Extend, extend, uh, extend the, what, what would you call that? <laughs> the repayment time on the mortgage? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess, uh, forgive the, yeah, extend the due date, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is a term for this that neither of us can think of, but <laughs> let's move on because this is horrible radio. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so he says there's nothing he can do to help her. She gets really pissed and she's dragged out by security. Uh, hey, what did you think of like this first introduction to Melanie and, and her character? I didn't really like it because she was not very likable. Like she's in a sympathetic situation, but she's like smoking in there and like puts her cigarette out in the water, and it's just like mm-hmm. it, it was a very confrontational scene. Yeah, and I think um, she's like pretending to be a lawyer, but she actually isn't. Right. Yeah. Uh, so right after that, he finds out that one of his coworkers, who's this woman that they they've nicknamed the Siren, has convinced the CEO that Derek has messed up this account for one of their clients. Um, Derek tries to argue with the CEO and uh, say he's innocent and uh, try to point his, the finger back at the Siren, but he's ultimately fired by the head of HR. And they, the head of HR is this dude they call the Reaper, which he's the one that you're saying is in The Walking Dead, right? Correct. What did you think of this whole setup? Because I think we're like maybe 20, 25 minutes in and it's just been like office politics till now. It was a little boring, I guess. Um, yeah. It was all played really stylized and quick because um, mm-hmm. that's kind of the style of this movie. But it, it went on for quite a while with office politics with a lot of people who were really unlikable. Yeah. Um, so it, it, I wasn't a huge fan um, up until now. Yeah, me too. And, and usually I love this kind of stuff because uh, it's like the behind the scenes of like what goes on in a workplace. But uh, yeah, this this felt like, yeah, very unlikable characters, very like tense situations. And like, this isn't why you watch a film, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing we missed when the in the confrontation between Melanie and Derek, she he's like, I can't do this. Like, I'm not the one doing this, but like the firm can't do this. And she says, no one raindrop thinks it caused the flood. Right, yeah. Which is kind of a theme of the movie. Yeah, right, right. This idea of, like, it's not me, it's the company. Right, right. And and that's, like, the same thing his HR person tells him when he's firing him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard of this concept called the diffusion of responsibility? I haven't. No, what, what is that? It's like a socio-psychological phenomenon where people are less likely to take responsibility for something if they're part of a group or if there's other people around even. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So they hit that theme quite a few times in the movie, both of those quotes we just mentioned. Like, no one... Oh, so after the no one raindrop thinks it caused the flood, later in the movie, he confronts that HR person and it's like, I didn't fire you, the firm fired you. And he said, well, then I'd like to find the firm, find the firm so then I can kick its ass. Yeah. Uh, And he's like, you can't kick a firm's ass. So I think it kind of delves into themes of what a corporation is and how that can be problematic. Right. Yeah. Um, And how people just kind of like blindly follow and don't take responsibility. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At one um, situation that gets brought up a lot in discussions of this concept of fusion of responsibility is a 1964 murder of a woman named Kitty Genovese in New York City. Oh. She was yep. stabbed to death outside of her apartment and supposedly like 38 people saw or heard it and nobody called the police. Because they assume like someone else was. Yeah. 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 I think it's recently been discovered that that's not exactly how it went down, but <laughs> it's kind of got so cemented as that being the story that it's in psychology books and yeah, it's just yeah. something that everyone's kind of aware of. Yeah, yeah. It's like a really famous uh, like case study or something. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. and you know that also kind of relates, uh, I think, to later on when... Um, you know what we talked about at the beginning of the plot where we're told that one dude who was infected by this murdered someone but got off because he was um you know infected i wonder if that idea also applies to like you know the lack of responsibility assigned to people when they're like under uh like is that a parallel or something yeah i mean that that is a parallel for sure not truly being responsible for what you do yeah, like yeah. the people who are infected with the virus are not truly responsible. The people who are members of the firm are not truly responsible. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's um, kind of like, no. Right. Yeah. And I feel like this concept of uh, corporate personhood has kind of been in people's minds the past decade or so, too. Mm-hmm. Do you, yeah. I don't know if you remember that Supreme Court decision, Citizens United versus the FEC, back in 2010, like ruled that corporations can are treated like people in terms of political donations so that they can donate unlimited amounts to a political candidate. Oh, no, I didn't realize that. It was kind of a, a big deal and uh, sparked a lot of conversations and outrage. Sure, yeah. Damn. No, so I think there's sense. some themes of like corporate personhood here as well. I think it kind of goes hand in hand with the diffusion of responsibility theme. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that part is cool to see on screen. I, I don't think we've seen a lot of stories that tie, tap into that. Yeah, and I think the uh, screenplay is, is smart for for that, how, yeah. how it hits those topics. Sure, sure. Uh, well, yeah, so uh, this guy's been fired. Uh, we've had a lot of office politics, as we just discussed. Um, but as he's exiting the building, the building suddenly put on lockdown because there's been a breakout of the virus again. And uh, everyone's locked into the building for eight hours, while well, they, uh, I think the eight hours was because they were sending, wait, what were they doing? Treating the virus or something? Yeah, they were sending in an antidote through the ventilation system, but it took eight hours before it would take effect. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, he, I think he gets the virus, right? Because we see his eyes turn red at that point? Correct. When I, yeah. And uh, and that's kind of like in this film how you know someone's infected. Their their one of their eyes turn red, and I think uh, everyone from now on, like we just kind of assume is infected because we see a lot of red eyes going forward. Yeah, every character from now on is has got a red eye pretty much, or or sure. we see them start to develop it. Yeah, yeah, right. And chaos is kind of like starting to ensue. Mm-hmm. Um, he decides, uh, in, in you know, it, because he's infected and, and he, you know he's he's feeling like emboldened. He wants to go uh, get payback on his uh, CEO, so he goes to the elevator, um, but he's intercepted by some henchmen in the basement uh, who beat him up, and then they put him in this locked room with Melanie. He convinces her to help him uh, so that they can get to the top floor, and she can get her loan payments extended, and he can talk to his boss uh, and probably do something bad to him. So she agrees, and they grab some weapons, uh, like a nail gun and like some scissors and other stuff that they find down there. So they're armed and ready to kind of storm the, uh, the the offices. 
Um, do, what do you think of this pair coming together? That, that makes sense. Um, I think it makes sense for sure. It's just kind of rocky the way they do. Like they're they had a confrontation before, and then they're pissed at each other in this scene too at first and they're spitting in each other's faces oh yeah (laughs) um which i know it's like this is a satire and they're infected with this virus that essentially makes their id take over their personalities but uh this was another issue here for me where it was just hard to like characters sure (laughs) either of them yeah yeah i think they start punching each other too right yeah i think so yeah yeah Uh, they definitely do yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they, I guess they definitely aren't friends at this point. And it's understandable because he had just, like, told her that he can't help her. Um, and now he's, like, asking for her help. But she agrees. Right. And, uh, yeah, they start, they realize to get to the top floor, they need to first get to the second floor and get one key card and then go to the next third or fourth floor and get another key card that'll get them up to the ninth floor. So they go upstairs uh, to the second floor and they battle the HR person. He takes a pair of scissors and stabs uh, Derek through the hands uh, and tries to kill Melanie, but she is able to get a saw and saw right into his body. Uh, I kind of like this death. What what did you think of this sequence? Yeah, that was a cool sequence. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, Um, and he's kind of like looking under the table at at the scissors that have gone through his hand and the table. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of gory, right? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a gory movie. Yeah, it's, yeah, extreme we violence. Yeah, anytime scissors come out, you know you're in for tr- some trouble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then they get up to the sirens floor, but uh, she's got a handful of employees with her, and uh, there's like kind of this all-out fight scene. Uh, but ultimately, uh, Derek and Melanie are able to kill everyone, and they corner the siren. Uh, she got rid of her key card. She gave it to her assistant who burned it. And then her assistant turns on her, ends up killing her as well. So now they're kind of back to square one. They need to figure out how to get to the uh, top floor. They also take this time to have uh, sex, which I don't know. Do you, you feel you feel like that was out of nowhere? Yeah, but again, it's it's hard to judge some of the stuff that happens in this movie because the characters that you're with are infected with this virus that's affecting everything they do. Yeah, like right. every behavior that they choose to engage in is motivated by strictly by their id, and they can't check their behavior. So it's uh, it makes it a little confusing. Like on a mental level, you can understand it, but on like I guess on a deeper level, as the part of you that's watched movies ever since you were a kid, you you struggle to get on that page. At least I did. Yeah, yeah. There's kind of like a irrationalness to like everything that's happening and you're supposed to kind of just understand it because of the virus, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, that, that's a, that's that's challenging. Um yeah, so they they uh they go down to the basement and they get this IT guy to hack into the computer of one of the board members and they use this to lure her down to a meeting spot where they give uh where she gets she gives them her key card. Um, they also kind of like battle it out with her. She tries to kill Melanie, but, uh, Derek helps Melanie and, uh, they're able to kill those two guys. And, oh yeah, and this is the scene where uh, this one bodyguard kind of attacks Derek with mace and Derek, uh, smartly, uh, takes it in his mouth and then spits it back in the eye of the dude, which yeah. I often remember that move. <laughs> yeah. Keep that in your back pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anytime someone's going to mace you, just open your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and then they just move the mace and spray your eyes. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm going to mace this dude's mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so uh, Derek finally gets to the top floor. He faces off with the CEO. And throughout the film, like him and his CEO have been like sending these videos, like taunting videos to each other. So there's like been this like kind of friction building up, like where Derek's saying like I'm coming for you and the CEO kind of like sending him videos back and like he's like torturing one of uh, Derek's like friends at work who like uh, has been killed and like he's pissing on him and stuff I I, I don't know I, I thought that was kind of a weird like back and forth that was happening there uh, were you on board with that? Um, I kind of liked that part of it actually um, like, like them taunting each other? yeah taunting each other via phone calls it kind of reminded me of Die Hard in a way oh Oh yeah, <laughs> where he's like on the phone with like the the killer or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like you're you're each in separate parts of the building and you're coming after each other, but you don't know when and where, and yeah. there's just uh, a lot of taunting back and forth. I, I liked that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone compared uh, Derek to like a, a John McClane type character. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Derek finally gets to the top. The CEO is there with like a glass of champagne, and he's uh, offers he offers Derek this position as a partner, and all these benefits, and kind of a funny scene of like these two women uh, coming up to Derek and like just reading off this list of benefits that he's going to be eligible for, like uh, I don't know, like a chauffeur, uh, a wardrobe expense, some other things. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, like your internet paid for, <laughs> your cell phone <laughs> yeah, exactly. paid for. <laughs> prepaid phone all the stuff yeah so uh derek uh refuses it and gets in a fight and ends up killing the ceo by throwing him off the ninth floor and then the movie ends with uh derek taking the job uh extending melanie's loan but then quitting his job and taking up an art class with melanie and uh there's a feel-good voiceover about how people should take more control of their lives and some anti-corporate stuff uh etc and I think that's what the movie ends on, right? Yeah, yeah. So he takes the job just so he can sign the uh, documentation that gives her an extension on her loan. Right. Yeah, you don't. You don't think he like wrote the loan off or like waived it? Um, I don't think the document was to completely waive the loan, but maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. Yeah, you think you've like killed all these people you've gotten to the top <laughs> right. floor <laughs> as well? <laughs> just that shouldn't be a huge loss at the end of the day. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, so what were your thoughts about this? I think that um, I really like those themes that we mentioned, like the uh, the diffusion of responsibility theme and how that was hit upon, and just like the corporate greed and um, maybe even some of just playing with your id's desire to kick the ass of everyone that you work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think the screenplay is smart in a lot of ways for playing with those themes, and it's got the ticking clock kind of like here comes the antidote but it's eight hours away so whatever you do up until then you have no liability for like you can do whatever right. you want um but i struggle with the likability of the characters even though i love steven young and samara weaving as actors mm-hmm. um yeah and i got confused I guess that motivation just is questionable to me to like make it all the way upstairs just to get some sort of revenge on your boss or like get his job back. Um, (laughs) Yeah. When it was well known that like he hated his job, like everyone in his life that he cared about was like, hey, like you've been miserable ever since you took this job. 
And it's like you're watching him go through all this and kill people so that he can try to get his job back, even though we know the job is bad for him. Um, and it's he's under the influence of this virus. So kind of like that theme where you're not legally liable for anything you do with the virus. I feel like he's not liable for his own motivation. So it made it hard for me to get on board with him. Like they're doing all this so that he can get his job back and so that she can get like more time to pay back her loan so she doesn't have to I mean she would lose her house which would be a bummer but I don't know something about it just felt a little thin to me what did you think yeah I'm with you you know I I didn't think he was trying to get his job back I thought he was just like out for blood to like kill that guy I, I, I think at first actually he was trying to get his job back but then when they accidentally kill one of his uh friends at work I, I kind of thought like, yeah, he's just gunning to get up there and, and kill that guy. But, right. um, okay. yeah, I, I think that that's kind of what the movie struggles with is you have these characters who are under the effect of a virus where they're like doing irrational things and the logic is kind of gone and like what's driving them, uh, from a motivational standpoint. And then, yeah, that kind of loses the audience too. Right. Cause are you just like supporting these people who've gone mad and who are doing like whatever they want for like no reason? And, uh, but, but then like to, to your earlier point too, it, it, it does kind of like hit on, uh, like, you know, a, a very common universal desire that I'm sure a lot of people have to like go nuts at work and just like be able to, you know, go to town on your coworkers. Right. <laughs> yeah. At least the ones you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> at least them, I mean, yeah, starting we're not advocating that. workplace violent, but violence, sure. but you know, everyone's probably worked with somebody that could use a good slap in the face. Yeah, and, and this idea that you're not like you're not held liable for it—it it almost kind of makes us like a fantasy uh, where you uh, get away with anything you want and, and just go for it. Yeah, and like that's a total satire. It's just an excuse to have like workplace violence and have it be okay within the framework of this movie. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, which I I don't know. Like uh, I think the movie kind of with like the the virus. Uh, like, I kind of feel like the movie went out of its way to create that virus so that, like, it has a blanket over what the people are doing within the movie. And I almost feel like it would have been more impactful if you didn't have that virus there and this was just, like, a really, like, disgruntled employee uh, who's just, like, lost it. And then, like, maybe you'd be more on board then with them because you understand, like, that they're just, like, really angry and uh, maybe it'd be even more, like, hor- horrific in that standpoint. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you wouldn't have the... It would be a totally different movie, but... um yeah. But yeah, I mean, it could be an interesting take on the movie to see, have there be some other viable reason why they were doing this. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I feel like without the virus, you had two good reasons, like like Steve Young, like Derek Cho, what his character went through in like being falsely, falsely accused of something and fired, potentially like disbarred in the future, and Melanie like, you know, being desperate with this loan. I think you had the motivation there for like those two to kind of turn loose and like, but just based on those two kind of go nuts without the idea of like some artificial or fictional virus well that uh, would essentially make them the bad guys right yeah yeah that's so, i mean which it. you could be you could do that movie through the lens of the uh, killers sure <laughs> but as a very different uh, animal yeah so, so you think in this version they weren't bad guys then they were but they were viewed as good guys who were influenced by the virus Sure, sure. But yeah, I mean that's the thing. It gets it gets murky. Like maybe mm-hmm. we're reading into this too much as this ultra violent hyper stylized movie that's just supposed to be fun. But yeah, I don't know. I guess I still need something to grab onto in most of the movies I see, oh, or totally. I'm not gonna like it. So 
yeah. uh, that that was a, a miss for me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, that's going to happen when you have uh, a virus that like kind of throws your whole character drive and like personalities into into the gutter. They almost the script almost apologizes for it in a way. And the narration later as the movie's wrapping up, he's like, yeah, I know we killed all those people and I have to live with that. Like, and it's hard. <laughs> but it's like, I felt like yeah. a nice way to button up the fact that they just killed like 50 to 60 people in the quest for something <laughs> you said it's hard understand. to live with <laughs> that's <laughs> what, what more do you want from this guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no yeah that, that's a really good point I, yeah the, the end voiceover kind of tries to put a nice bow on things but yeah i think you're right it doesn't land too well yeah what did you think of the pacing of this movie and the sequence like the violence sequences uh, you know, I, I think you're right, like, up front, all that, like, kind of back office stuff going on, it didn't need to drag on that long, and, like, you kind of know, like, they're just setting this up in a certain way and got too far into that. Once the action starts, it's, it's kind of uh, a little more fun, but then you have, like, parts where, like, pauses, like, where they're talking to the IT guy, or they're, like, facing off with uh, the the siren and stuff, and, like, there's some, like, long speeches, which weren't necessarily, like, needed and kind of broke the continuity. Uh, so that, that's kind of, yeah, I feel like it dragged a little bit in the middle. Uh, what, what did you think? I thought those sequences were fine. I actually almost felt the opposite way. Like this, I don't know, maybe I'm just a little jaded on movies like, or it's just maybe my personal taste, but this NVFW, I'm kind of lumping into a similar bucket where it's just hyper stylized violence for the sake mm-hmm. of hyper stylized violence, hyper stylized sure. violence, which is fine. Um, and I'm not bothered by the violence, but it seems these movies get so caught up in it and the herky-jerky editing and we got to get all these shots of this punch going this yeah. way and the blood going this way that after a while I'm just kind of overexposed to it and I'm like bored by the next fight scene. Man, yeah. I totally felt that uh, in that scene where they're like fighting to get to the siren and like yeah. every like action shot's like shot from like 10 different angles and it's like cutting between all those angles. In, in like slow motion and then fast motion yep. it, it was like way overdone right yeah i mean the editing in this is very erratic to me um yeah and that's just the style i think the vfw was done in a similar style but it yeah. gets unnecessary it does yeah yeah and, and then yeah it, it kind of like hits you over the head with it and you get kind of deluded by the the violence then yeah it's almost like a, i'm tempted to say like boy who cried wolf or something like <laughs> you overuse that and then it, it doesn't really work on me anymore yeah um, yeah exactly and i'm sure there's plenty of people who are just like guys this was just a fun action movie where you saw like two awesome actors kick a bunch of ass and like right yeah i i could totally see coming at the movie from that angle and loving it i just that didn't that alone didn't scratch enough of an itch for me like it's not enough to fill out a whole 90 minute movie or whatever how long this was yeah i didn't feel like they were as like cool of moves like uh that like i would have wanted to see like uh um uh, yeah melanie like i feel like she could have uh like if they had focused on more uh close-ups of like uh, some of the action sequences and doing like more interesting things um like some of the kills i know happen off camera like like the siren who's like this character you come to hate she's murdered off camera or um, the one like lone lady who Melanie kills, I think is kind of killed off camera, but you never really see, like the, I know there's a scene with her and like the handsaw on the, 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 the HR person, but outside of that, like I can't recall like any specific like brutal kills, can you? Yeah, I mean, 
I'm trying to think now. Like the HR guy, and then she does a couple of... The mace thing in the mouth was cool, but you're right. I mean, for all the erratic editing and stylization of it, some of the choreography and of the fight scenes could have been better. Like, yeah. there aren't... You're right, there aren't that many kills that really stand out in my mind or like, oh, I can't believe that move uh, yeah, exactly. that just happened. And like, she had a nail gun, which was cool, but... It, yeah. There was also some stuff maybe left on the table. I think so. Like, did she shoot? I think maybe she shot like one guy or two, right? With the yeah, nail I mean, gun. she definitely shot some people with a nail gun. But I was never. I don't remember many moments where I was just like, oh, yeah, that right. specific noise. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what you want to do in this film. Is like you got a character, give them like their signature weapon, and like like go to town with that idea, and like have it like every scene, and like really focus in on that like kind of violence. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It it felt a little bit watered down. And maybe I, it's the editing, as you mentioned. I feel like there's a theme with Samara Weaving. I, I love her. I think she's great. But I keep seeing her in movies where I like want her <laughs> to be just a little bit more badass, and it yeah. falls a little bit short of what I expected. I know. Ready or not, like the cover. Doesn't she have like a, a cool weapon with her or something? Right. Yeah. She's holding the shotgun that she never fires throughout the entire <laughs> movie. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I know. I'm always like let down by that. That that's really disappointing. Yeah. I mean, she definitely has her share of badass moments in that, but it wasn't, uh, I just feel like she's perfect for these roles. Like, and yeah. she, they're close, but they're just not quite what I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, you same. would think this movie would be it. Cause this is a balls to the wall over the top violence, but, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know something about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. I, I, I felt the same way. They, they seem to be like a slight miss, uh, in, in hitting that expectation of it being like a really like spot on like uh over the top action movie yeah yeah i mean i think some of the uh, like editing almost tried to make up for the fact that the fight scenes were not always super interesting yeah and even the death of like the final dude you think it'd be like this big like epic thing but i think he's just thrown off the balcony right yeah yeah it's kind of kind of a dot of an ending i guess yeah i mean when you think of an action movie i think the screenwriting guide for like an action movie was is like okay you got to have like good news bad news good news bad news like things are looking up oh shit now they're looking bad again like oh now he's trapped oh he got out and they do that to an extent but not as effectively as you would want for a movie whose uh, adrenaline level is this high yeah yeah right right yeah you don't have that up and down throughout as yeah. much um, what did you think of like the characterization or the, sorry, the, the character building between, uh, these two, uh, Melanie and Derek? I thought that was, I thought it was actually pretty good how their relationship developed. I didn't necessarily think either of them were the most sympathetic characters, but I do enjoy watching both of their performances. And it seemed, even though I didn't like the way they initially came together, I, I kind of liked them as the unlikely pair. What did you think? Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Uh, that yeah, I I feel like there was like something they tried to force in there with like that DMB uh, Dave Matthews Band uh, banter, uh, which was kind of fun to see. But I I don't feel like we got enough time with the two of them, uh, and and like like just dialogue or like back and forth. It it felt mostly around the action, I guess. Right. Yeah, there were a couple of things that felt a little bit forced in the movie. The Dave Matthews Band didn't. Uh, <laughs> That one didn't strike me, but at some point, some dude runs by in the background going and says, like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool. Yeah. Which was a 
reference to half baked. <laughs> but oh. it was just like that was a little lame to throw in there. There were just a few things like that. Like there was a suit up montage that felt a little forced. Yeah. Uh, again, I feel like I'm overanalyzing this movie that's just supposed to be fun. <laughs> that's what we do, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. We take the yeah. fun and we make it miserable and boring. Exactly. We discuss it to death for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We kill it. Uh, uh, the, other, the other question I have for you is uh, the, the background of... Um, the virus and like you know like you potentially have this whole building that's gone mad and we see in the background from time to time people going at each other um and do you feel like we we fully got the impact of like the the madness that was like kind of happening in that whole building um i guess i it, sometimes it just seemed a little like hey you have some people in the background doing something crazy yeah right <laughs> um i don't know i i was generally fine with that why what are you thinking i i think it could have been like way scarier on that sense because uh right like you, you never really had uh, the two main characters like scared of like who's hiding around the next corner or like under the next table or something which you would think like in this building where everyone's infected there would be like some kind of uh moments of that like uh you know people popping out of places and trying to kill you and things like that but right, yeah, and some people seemed to be, like, going totally wild, and some people were still pretty well in control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a little inconsistent. Right, right. Yeah, yeah that part was really weird. Like, uh, I couldn't tell with, like, the board directors and stuff uh, if um, those guys, like, they, they were acting pretty, you know, uh, normal throughout the whole film. Right, yeah, they were very tame. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, it wasn't consistent. It wasn't, yeah. And, and like, the CEO, like, between the virus and, like, doing shots of cocaine... Uh, right. You kind of don't know what he's like going through. And the siren was still playing it really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that whole showdown with the, the, the siren, like it made sense. They needed to get the key card to get up to the top floor. But after a while, it was just kind of like, Wait, what are they doing again? They're trying to get <laughs> yeah. a key card so they can get to that floor. Then another key card to get to the next floor. It just, yeah. sometimes the stakes didn't feel super high. No, All of this for a key card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which, you know, I think is interesting because throughout, uh, even like before that action scene with the siren, uh, this like psychologist comes on the phone and is trying to talk to Derek to like calm down. And Derek basically reads out like language from a contract, which is saying that like anyone who wants to fight him abides to like certain rules, then like he's not liable for damage he's doing. So I feel like throughout the film, one of the things that it struggled with was it tried to keep like that legal and like job kind of uh, corporate mentality like embedded with the action and horror and I, I thought that kind of had the opposite effect of like amplifying that stuff yeah it was almost like nothing nothing matters then yeah yeah you're basically indemnifying everyone is that a word indemnify yeah indemnify. Yeah. yeah it's really weird uh it, it, but but yeah unique I guess yeah yeah I mean it's a really cool setup but uh I think for for me like there's a lot of like rich concepts here and uh it was cool to see that used but it had some complications for me as a viewer yeah yeah i know yeah. i'm with you so uh, all that being said then how many uh, scissors through the hand would you give this one you know i had three written down and my note was it's a soft three but after all this discussion i'm thinking it was just two and a half scissors through the hand Ah, okay cool how about you yeah uh, I'm with you, man. I, I think I, I gave it a two. Uh, scissors to the hands, uh, which yeah, I'm really disappointed because you know I love these actors and uh, great cast and everything. But uh, yeah, I think you're right about some of the problematic areas of the story and the characters. 
Yeah. Cool. Bummer. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, anything else on this one? Nah, I'm, I think I'm ready to be done. <laughs> you Let's talk give for like the people half their hour. fun back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, yeah, I think a lot of uh, like our, our Discord fans love this one, right? It's It sounded like a couple people were into it, but uh, I'm not totally sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we might be out, out, out of uh, line on this one. Yeah, we might be the fun suckers. Yeah. <laughs> Pooping on that parade. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's going to be our discussion on Mayhem. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That'll help other people find our show, and we always appreciate it. If you want to join the discussion, you can find our social links on horrormovieclub.com, or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We'll announce next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode. We also are on Discord where we're chatting up with a few other listeners and horror fans, so you can find that link on our website. We have a Patreon page in case you want to throw some change our way. You can find that at patreon.com slash horrormovieclub. Our logo is by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if you're looking for a quick way to resolve a workplace pickle, keep a nail gun on hand uh, just in case. (laughs) 